this is the playground where the players play. And my special guest today is Larry Hall. Uh, let's see, of, of, of many, many projects, guitarist extraordinaire. So how you doing? Good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. Again, Larry's a great guitar player. As you can see, he's got it right there in his hand. And, and we're going from guitar to, uh, let's see, sound. And we'll talk about that like a little, a little bit later. Because Larry owns one of the premier sound companies in Las Vegas, Hall Audio Services. And with that, let's get started. What can I do for you? <laughs> First of all, tell me how you got started as far as like um, music and, and all that. So uh, what, what, what got you interested in music back in the day? So it's, it, it, when I was about seven years old, roughly, my parents took me to an Air Force-based picnic. And there's a bunch of Air Force guys had a band together. And they were playing, this is like in 1970-something, so disco was kind of a big deal at the point in time. And uh, the band played um, um, I'm Your Boogeyman by Casey oh, wow. and the Sunshine yeah, Band. Yeah. And I lost my mind because I had seen Casey and the Sunshine Band on TV multiple times do it. Um, but here's a band right in front of me that was doing it, and they were good. Uh -huh. And um, I, it was a very distinct memory for me. And... Uh, uh, at the same time, I had accidentally wandered onto the stage area. And so the drummer snatched me up and set me on the drum throne and let me, you know, whack the drums for a couple minutes. And, mm -hmm. and um, uh, I guess I was kind of addicted from there on. And then not a month later, my mom took me to the, to the mall in Charleston, South Carolina. And there's a really bad Elvis impersonator um, playing. <laughs> he was really bad, um, but his band was amazing. And like they did that big, I don't know the, the 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 big American trilogy thing. They closed the show mm -hmm. with it, and the musicianship was really. I even recognized at age seven or eight that the musicianship mm -hmm. was so exceptional that it moved me. And so I wanted to be a combination of of uh, Elvis Presley and Ric Flair was kind of oh, my, wow. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to be Elvis Presley meets Ric Flair, you know. But I wasn't sure how I was going to put all that together at the time. But that was my mindset. Was you know I wanted to be. Ooh, styling and profiling <laughs> while while picking up the ladies with a guitar strapped on, you know. Right, right. And, and so that's the that's kind of how how it started. Um, uh, there's always uh, musical instruments around the house, and um, my mother also was very very uh, dedicated um, to uh, 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 all types of uh, music. You know, we you know we had vinyl in the house in the seventies and uh, I remember specifically going through her vinyl rack and there would be CCR, Janis Joplin, um, uh, uh, Confunction, um, oh. the Commodores, you know, and, and, and I, you know, she just listened to a very wide range of music. So that made me be able to listen to a wide range of music. And even at the age of seven, eight or nine years old, my parents always got, you know, for birthdays or Christmas, you know, they, I don't think they knew what the the album title meant at the time, but um, they mm -hmm. got me Kiss Love Gun, you know, for mm -hmm. my birthday or for Christmas when I was like eight or nine years old. And I had to right. tell my mom years later, you know, the Love Gun means his dick, right? And and she was like, uh, <laughs> no, I did not know. Yeah, he's singing about his package, mom. He's singing about his package. Uh, it's his Love Gun, you know. Now, and, now, did you did you what what were you introduced to the guitar? by then or did you, did no. you know anything about guitar or drums or anything no. like that before then 
No, my, but my music mom, was around your house. It was definitely. Yeah. Good. So, so, so my mom always was from time to time, she would sing in little bar bands and um, mostly with uh, uh, Air Force guys who were friends with my dad. And so um, my parents bought me a guitar when I was eight or 10 years. Actually, I think they bought it from my mom when I was about eight or 10 years old. And of course I wanted to be a drummer. All I mm -hmm. wanted to be was a drummer. So I completely thumbed my nose up at that guitar. It sat in the uh -huh. attic for a decade, you know, right. and I became a drummer, uh -huh. you know, and, and uh, one of my first gigs at 14 years old is I'm playing in, with a bunch of 50 year old guys three, four nights a week playing shag music. You know? Wow. That was that was my first gig. It paid like 20, 26 or twenty eight bucks a night back then. Which back then was a lot of money. That was good money, especially if my alternative was delivering newspapers. You know, it was really right. good money. <laughs> and so, so um, uh, but I played I played with this this uh, Charleston swing band. You know, that was called. Are you familiar with the music Shag music? Yes. Yes. Kind of a real beachy kind of swing. Everything everything yep. was a swing. Yep. And uh, so I played with those guys um, uh, for a couple of years, actually. And one right. night I made a realization. I was just getting ready to turn 17 years old. And I made a realization that I was the first guy at the gig. I was the last guy to leave the gig. And I was too dumb to just bring a kick and a snare drum like I should have brought. So I brought the big, giant Neil Peart kit that took right. me two hours to set up, two hours to strike. The guitar player, who's this 50-something-year-old professional guitar player, showed up with a guitar and a Fender, Fender Twin five minutes before we was played. Right. I was like, well, that's what I want. And so we're playing a gig, and I um, bust a drum head and a cymbal at the same time. And uh, I, I did like $200 worth of damage on a $26 gig. Wow. And, and I, I, that was it. So the next morning uh -huh. I got up and I took the uh, drums down to the local music store and I traded them in on a, on a flying V guitar. And I, what? I locked, I locked myself into a bedroom for six months. I didn't talk to serious? anybody. Yeah, so you just, pick up the guitar, you just pick up the guitar at the, at the place and said, this is it, and, and went for it. Yeah, the, the people at the music store kind of knew me a little bit because I was that annoying kid that would kind of hang out for four or five hours banging <laughs> on shit. So they already knew me a little bit. Um, but they, they were that, that music store is still open in Charleston. Uh, they oh, wow. survived the uh, Guitar Center hostile uh -huh. takeover. Oh, wow. Right, right. Town. But, but they, you know, they, they, they took my drum set in on trade and gave me a flying V and a little pv guitar amp or something and um uh i like i said i locked myself in my room with with all of my vinyl plus my mom's vinyl and i came right. out months later and got in my first band wow wow and what was that like when you got in your first band what was that about i mean did you did you have to go to the big audition or they're like hey we got a guitar player here let's hire him it was really okay so and i'm friends with all these guys on facebook so so they'll probably see this at some point um, um yeah, yeah. there there's a group of guys that were a few years older than me um that, that went to a different high school than me but we lived close to each other mm -hmm. they had a band called the difference and um they basically uh it, they basically played prince and van halen that was basically wow, wow. what they okay. did and they already had a really by the way <laughs> Yeah, they they they, they had a, a already had an amazing guitar player by by the name of Anthony Austin, uh -huh. and um, he he was to this day is still one of my favorite guitar players of all time, and nobody knows anything about him, but uh -huh. um, he he really took me under his wing and 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 you know started showing me you know techniques and 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 uh, uh, really how to how to be a, a, a out front lead guitar player and uh -huh. and. Uh, uh, 
I, I played with them for a little while and then um, they ended up needing a keyboard player and I was the expendable musician. And oh, wow. um, it, it was really funny because they kind of put it to me in the context of, uh, we're going to need to hire a keyboard player. And uh, I'm like, yeah, sounds great. Uh -huh. The great part, it's not so great. That means either you or Anthony has to go. And I'm like, oh, that sucks for Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh but but um but they those guys they they you know like i said they're a few years older than me and um uh they took me under their wing and and i'd only been playing guitar for six months and they made me a professional guitar player wow. and, you know and and wow. um uh i don't know where where musically i would be without that brief experience because really? it was it was literally like rehearse go to a gig you know, uh, right, boom, boom. right. I remember. There, yeah. there, there was no time for you know. Let's sort that part out. If you hadn't sorted your part out, and you dropped you know mm -hmm. a, a crap on stage, it was on you. And and uh -huh. um, even you know, I was seventeen going on eighteen. So those guys are probably twenty one or twenty two, and they really, really had it together. And um, okay. uh, but but they you know we were doing like Power Station and stuff like that. It was really cool. Nice, nice. Yeah. Now, as far as like your lessons and everything, do you remember like some of the first licks that you were taught? Oh, oh I, I, I do. Actually, I do. I do remember um, I figured uh, one you of would. the first, first licks that I was taught. And Anthony Austin taught it to me. And only because I had taught it to myself and I had been playing it wrong. And, uh -huh. and so one of the first licks that I, that, I, that I learned was basically just the Eddie Van Halen tapping technique. Um, uh -huh. I don't know if I can play it the way as badly as I was playing back then, but basically I was playing this finger wrong. Uh, I could okay. hear the note that I was hitting on it. So uh -huh. Anthony, you know, corrected that. And another thing that Anthony corrected me on at the time was how uh, awesome the pinky is. If you, if you use the pinky. But this was basically the first lick that I was. Right. That was uh -huh. basically the first, the first lick that I learned. Wow. And, I would just move that lick around, you know, it didn't matter what the key of the song was in. If I was playing a lead, that lick was going to end up in the lead. It, it could have uh -huh. been the, you know, like, like the most tasteful song on the planet, but I was going to mm -hmm. play that riff anyway. Because <laughs> 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 yeah, that was all I knew. It was all I had, you know. Now, needless to say, like, now you're just playing that, and I'm thinking more like the Eddie Van Halen thing and all that mm -hmm. stuff. But were you doing that before? There was, were, were you the Eddie Van Halen before Eddie Van Halen as far as oh, timing? Or? No, 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 no. Okay. Eddie Van Halen pop, popped popped out in 1976, uh -huh. um, and um, actually, um, uh, I didn't even start playing until Van Halen's 1984 album had. had Are you been serious? Released. You didn't start yeah. playing guitar until then? Yeah, I didn't start playing Where? guitar until 1980. Well, I was 17, so 19. Let's see, 68, 78, 9, 81, 2, 3, 84. 1985 is when I started playing guitar. So what were so, you like two when you started or something? <laughs> No, I was I was I was 17. I had been playing drums before, and and wow. um, and so I moved over to guitar at the age of 17. And um, like I said, I was really lucky because I had been uh, holed up in my bedroom at my house at my parents' mm -hmm. house for six months, learning what I could learn. And um, and then those guys hired me for just a few minutes is what it, in my life. But really? um, uh, I had this amazing guitar player that would teach me at every rehearsal, he would teach me something new. Uh -huh. And we would go watch other guitar players play and he would tell me what they were doing wrong technically um, and, and, and point out their bad habits and, and okay. that they acquired over years of playing with bad habits. Gotcha. And 
That's he's just a really great educator. And, and honestly, the, the, there's something in the water in Charleston, South Carolina, because <laughs> there are so many amazing guitar players. Probably the, the, the 10 best guitar players that I can come up with, famous or not famous, mm -hmm. I bet you five or six of them come from Charleston, South Carolina. Is that right? It's really? just the, 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 the talent pool is so amazing there. Really? Um, so, so as a young, struggling uh, gunslinger back, you know, in those days, um, you know, the bar is set pretty high if you're going to gig out in the, in the Charleston area, you know, especially if you're going to be a guitar player, because uh -huh. uh, the, the, the bar just, you know, Anthony Austin was the average. Uh -huh. And he, like I said, it, it would be in my top five picks of all time favorite guitar players. And, and um, so, so there's just something in the water there that, that just makes, that just produces great guitar players. Um, and, and uh, I'm not saying that I'm one of them. I, I would say in the, oh, please. In the field, there, no, please. honestly, it, 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 in that field in Charleston, South Carolina, I would say I'm below average. Um, uh -huh. Uh -huh. There's, I, I, there's almost like they're all aliens there or something. It's wow. The, the wow. talent is so exceptional. Who were some of your influences back then as far as guitar playing? Uh, Roy Clark, Big Note Guitar Book was my first introduction uh -huh. to anything musical. Um, and I had little stickers all over the place on, mm -hmm. you know, on, on my fretboard. Um, uh, also growing up in a, in a redneck household, we watched Hee Haw on Saturday night. So um, <laughs> I've just always been a, a big fan of Roy Clark. I did uh -huh. not even recognize um, uh, Eddie Van Halen or Randy Rhodes or even Prince as guitar players until I had been playing guitar for, for quite some time. Um, so, so and Roy Clark, know, man, that's not a bad place to, you know, that's not a bad place to start. Roy Clark was like, mm. I, Oh I yeah. It. I watched Hee Haw too. And I loved it. You know, and Roy Clark uh, was I, always a treat just watching him play and Buck Owens. I, I was really from shifting gears slightly because of Roy Clark. Um, Fortunately, because of my sound company business, I, I was able to meet Roy, Roy on multiple occasions. Oh, and wow. um, uh, whenever I told him uh, that I was a somewhat successful musician and I contributed that to the Roy Clark Big Note Guitar Book, he got a little teary-eyed about it. He said that I was the only, he had met dozens of musicians over the years that had learned how to play guitar with that book but mm -hmm. he had never met a musician that had made a living um, wow and, and he, he he was he was genuinely moved by that and i thought that was pretty freaking cool now what was that called you said the big the big note book it's called the roy clark big note guitar ah, book big, and okay. the reason it was called big notes was because there was these colored stickers and you oh, right. stick the stickers on your fretboard where right. you know to remind you of how to make the, the chord or the, the, where the scale was. Okay, so this is a book that I'm, I'm sure like a lot of like beginning guitar players picked up at the time. Uh, that, it, was, it was what I had because my, my mother had bought it for herself when she uh -huh. thought she was gonna teach herself how to play guitar and like most adult, adults, mm -hmm. you know, life happens. She mm -hmm. didn't have the opportunity or, or have, have the time to do so. So the book and the guitar that she had gotten in the 70s Right. Just sat in the attic until the eighties when I got dusted it all off. Really? You know? Really? And and yeah, so so that that book um and the Univox guitar that she bought in nineteen seventy something uh, you know, was was kind of where, where I, I, I started with the whole thing. And um, mm -hmm. you know, uh I had by the time I had been playing guitar for twelve months, I had been in two bands that were both financially successful. Right. And um uh, the second of the two bands, um, uh, we were already playing original material out. 
So nice. you know, nice. being 18 years old and and uh, not old enough to go into a bar, certainly right. not old enough to play in a bar. So we'd have to have escorts, uh -huh. you know. Not the good-looking hot escorts. I mean, like you know, parental-style escorts. Right, right, right. Uh, right. Uh, the, the, they would they would have to bring us into uh, into the bars, and then they would um, in the nightclubs, and then they would set us separate from from the from the crowd. Mm -hmm. And so you know, we usually have like a little makeshift room um, uh, set off to the left or the right of the stage, and we couldn't leave that area at all even to go pee it was easier for us to pee outside the club than it was <laughs> to get the escort to take us to the, right. to the bathroom sometimes right. so you know uh -huh. um but but you know uh, i was the oldest guy in that band and the youngest guy was barely 14 years old and he was a drummer and and he would he was a savant an amazing musician uh -huh. at that age. okay and okay so we started playing the bars and clubs in charleston and um the average uh, like I said, I was the oldest guy in the band at 18. I just turned 18. Mm -hmm. uh, T.C. Carter from Carter Hall Project was right. the second oldest guy. And he's literally one year younger than me almost to the day. So he was oh, 17. Okay. And um, and then uh, Michael Hemley and Daniel Droulet, uh, they were both barely freshmen in high school when we started mm -hmm. playing bars and, and, mm -hmm. and clubs. Oh, so okay. um, uh, I think that there was, I, I don't know that we were necessarily a good band. I think the novelty of singing a bunch of kids on stage in an adult environment was probably of course more popular at that point in time but oh, that's okay. basically how, how it started so fast forward to like your songwriting you're 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 you you've you're in the business or per se or whatever and you're like into songwriting now how, how did that how did that come about for you well I've, I've always since the beginning of playing guitar i can always put a chord structure together and write music Mm -hmm. um, um, uh, but I was never really got into the, the, the lyrical aspects of it. Um, it was, it was never, it was always somebody else's job, but you know, um, Same. in the, in the words of Roby Turner, what he said to me once about 22 or 23 years ago, when I auditioned for him, he said, uh, you're not a singer, but you can sing. <laughs> ah, and that, okay. did, that took a couple years to sink in because, you know, um, he was yeah. looking for he was looking for a legit singer to right. replace an, an, another friend of ours that mm -hmm. will remain nameless um, for this. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I thought that I could go in on that audition and dazzle him with my guitar technique and my mediocre vocal mm -hmm. and uh, I would get the gig. And uh, but he needed a bigger singer than he needed a, a, a guitar player. So mm -hmm. basically, as he escorted me out of this house, that's what he said to me was, uh, you're not a singer, but you can sing and I need a wow. singer. And I, I thought he was just being an asshole, but, but, you know, 2020, I look back on it. So, so I've always dumped the, the lyric aspect off on whatever singer I was working with, whatever, you know, in that project. You'd have and, them write it? Have them write it. And have them write it. You know, yeah. I, I, in some cases I would come up with the melody and I would come up with the chorus and maybe even the title of the song. And I, I would come in with, with you know like working with tc carter i would if, if it was a song that i had started the, the process on i would come in with uh drum machine guitar bass part and mm. a title a working title with a chorus oh, already nice. done and then he would take that information and based on the chorus and and, and he would write the verses around that and and uh, -huh. uh vice versa he would come to me with with um uh you know a chord structure um, of a song 
yeah. and, uh, and, a, and, and a verse and a chorus, but no bridge and, and no real arrangement. So I would take what he brought and I would create an arrangement around what, what he brought to the, to the table. So as far as the chorus structure, do you have like an example of, of that? And I put you on the spot here. So, so I, I wrote the music and, 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 and the riff um, uh, by, by myself, you know, it, much in an environment like this, just sitting here noodling on a guitar. Mm -hmm. um, once I had done that, I was able to uh, get with TC and we came up with a whole story. You know, basically that song is about the, my parents' house in North oh, Charleston, okay. South Carolina. Okay. And that's where we rehearsed, was in the garage. So the, for, the for us Star Trek fans, we're thinking Star Trek here. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, 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 so basically I had come up with this, this simple little suspended riff. Basically, come up with the the whole musical arrangement, and okay. um, and and then when TC came to Vegas to record it, uh, we sat down in a room, and it it, it was really fun writing that song because mm -hmm. uh, he said he's got the pen in his hand, he's tapping his chin, and he says, uh, "What was your parents' address?" Bonnie Bay. Right. That's right. How, you know, right. Jason, Inspiration comes Jason from girls fun places. Playing guitars. Uh huh. Know, uh -huh. From that garage, we'd go far. Okay. Uh, it, you guys did one, this one CD or you did two? We, we did one. Um, okay. uh, we're working on a new one right now. And I'm also working on, on my first ever um, solo project. As and that's the Larry Hall project? Uh, it's, it's, I, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, probably Larry Hall project. Cause that's what you and I have been gigging right. about <laughs> for the last 20 years. Right. Um, but, right. but yeah, probably something or along Or just Larry lines. Hall. Maybe, I don't know, I, I don't know. Um, Ego Master Hall, I, I don't there know what we'll call it. You know, do, you have any, do you have anything that you wanna play from, from that now? Or you not, not, yet, that? not yet, not okay. yet. That's, that's under, the record label has that under tight, tight, tight. Um, Got it. Yeah, I can't, I can't share anything with that. But Got it. this is, when is this gonna air? Uh, probably be some, some, sometime, sometime in August. Okay, so we can do another one in August and we can actually do a listening party by that point, I believe. Cool, awesome, that'd be great. Great yeah, idea. We'll, we'll, listen, we'll listen to it and we'll critique it and we'll talk about it um, because uh, I shouldn't have enough of it done by that date, by mid-August. Okay, okay, okay. Um, moving on to another project that you are or were or you know, depending on how you feel now, Unauthorized Ozzy, one of the mm -hmm. premier Ozzy Osbourne tributes uh, here in Vegas, probably around the country um you're you're still doing that you're still doing that project yeah we we had we had uh, uh we took a decade off because we were going to kill each other if we didn't <laughs> and um uh, so we took about a decade off. rock star story, right? yeah, rock band story. La last year um uh we decided to test the water to see if anybody would care if we came back or not so we did uh a few dates last year that they went mm -hmm. out i would say that they, they went really well really um, good band really good <clears throat> Oh, you know what? Um, it, it's it's. I'm the weakest link in that band. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, the, moving the, on. The Ch Chaz Stumbo and and Danny Bust, the rhythm section. I I record every single show that we do just so I can archive it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just mute all the other noise because I sometimes I feel like that 
Peter, the, the singer, Peter Marino, and, uh -huh. and I are noise because the rhythm section is so solid that wow, I just want to wow. mute all the noise and just listen to what those guys are, are wow. moving on. It's, it's, guess if, if, it's if, a really if, fun gig. Uh -huh. uh, go ahead. I was just going to say for our guests, if, you, if ever you get the opportunity to see a band called Unauthorized Ozzy, like I said, they're one of the tribute Ozzy Osbourne bands here, here on this side of the country anyway. Um, definitely check them out. They're worth, they're worth every penny. They are. Aw. And, and, and when we're not getting along, we, we throw things at each other on stage and scream at each other and, and swing at <laughs> just each like other. Any, so. Just like any rock band does. So, you know, it is, we're, we're, like, we're like the tribute version of Oasis, you know, <laughs> constantly brawling about something. But uh, when we do get the gig out, though, it's a lot of fun. And we were, um, uh, we're supposed to do, we were ex expecting to do about 21 or 22 dates this year um with live nation um, mm -hmm. you know we're going to do house of blues um uh it, it was kind of in talks and uh, and a few other indian casino um uh, dates but unfortunately the corona has has canceled all of that as yeah with everything else that you and i do for a living it's been right. completely canceled right. So. Speaking, speaking of that, um, moving into your other business, your sound company, again, that's Hall Audio Services for anybody that needs a great, great, great sound, sound company, um, which Larry owns. How has, how has this whole, I hate the coronavirus name, but this whole thing affected you as a sound company as, you know, as, as has affected all of them for that matter? We haven't done a show since March 15th, and we don't have anything scheduled for the rest of the year. Um, so... Uh, I Are you wake up calls as far as like prospects or no, I, I, I wake up every morning hemorrhaging money. That's pretty much what, wow, what's man. happening with HS productions right now. Mm. And, um, uh, but, uh, I guess if I have to, uh, look at a bright side, the bright side would be that it's forced me into deciding to be more of a songwriter. And I've had the time to spend on that. And I've, I've written eight or 10, songs over the last uh couple of months nice. and um you know they probably all suck but they make me happy and uh -huh. and, and so i'm going to record all of those uh, it's really really funny you remember muka on yeah, a side oh, yeah. note yes he just yes. left me a, i was going to call him next week on a side note mm -hmm. to see if we could go up there and record and he left a message on my phone this morning hey baba what? You and Eddie, grab a drummer and come up here and record. That's what? literally the message. Are you serious? How crazy is that? So, it's funny. I was just looking at a couple of the photos from that when we were up there, you know, and yeah. like, man, what a great time that was. That was a great time. Uh, yeah. For the, those of you that are not aware, Prairie yeah. Sun uh, Recording Studio in uh, Northern California, um, uh, it's, it's on a farm. It looks like it's a farm. Mm -hmm. It's a very cool, tranquil vibe. And um, they have the most amazing equipment and, and staff on the planet. Yes. And if you're going to do a record and you want it to sound like a real record, I would recommend going there. I mean, the, they, they just, the gear they have is exceptional and the people are really good people there too. It really is too. And the overall vibe there is just, is just awesome. I mean, you can just go up there and just kind of chill and all that stuff and who knows what comes to you while you're there. Cause uh, you know, well, that's, and that's the thing. And you, did you place. notice there's no clocks in that place? You know, no, nobody's not. Yeah. There's no, when's the last time you went into a recording studio and there's no clocks on a wall. There's clocks in every studio because they're monitoring yeah, that's it right. by the hour. That's Prairie right. Sun is monitoring you by the vibe. That's, you know, and like I said, the vibe up there is awesome. I mean, you're good up there. And I remember the, like seeing chickens and all that stuff just all over the place. And just, yeah. just, just, it was cool. I had yeah, fun. It's cool. 
yeah, had yeah. A lot of so, fun. so, so as far as like new things, I guess we're just gonna wait until after this virus thing is done, and then then we'll. If, if that's okay with you, because I, I would like to have it to a point where maybe we even um, uh, debut the single on your on your show, kind of. Thank a you. Thing. Thank you. Know, you. It, That'd be you know, awesome. That, yeah, and 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 so I would rather. Uh, maybe put that off a little bit um, just mm -hmm. so that we can have that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, you have that nice guitar. I'll play something in closing. Okay. Um, Anything. I'm totally put you on, on spot here. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to play along with some tracks. Uh -huh. um, let me figure out where I've, I've had to refresh my computer a couple times. So let me figure out where I am. Nice. It sounds good too. <laughs>
Nice. 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 Thank you very much, Larry Hall. <laughs> the man. The, one of the players on the playground where the players come to play. Thank you, Larry. Really appreciate it.